Over the Wall podcast, college football, week four recap. We're going to touch base with some LSU. Big win against Vandy. Looked really good again. We're going to do where I was right, where I was wrong. Three big winners of the weekend. My three big losers of the weekend. A top 10 and my one big takeaway. Let's go. So the Tigers roll into Nashville and get a big W against Vandy. Did what they had to do. Vandy, not a very good team. Bottom feeder in the SEC. But they crushed them. Um, there were some issues. Defense didn't look great. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Joe Burrow, once again, lights it up. Six touchdowns. Looked really good. Especially answering after that first possession where Vandy just drove it down the field at ease. Um, early morning kickoff. They drive down the field. You're on the road. But, man, he answers. And him and Jamar Chase, that, that connection right there is looking really good. So Burrow has six touchdowns. I think Jamar Chase, I think he went for like close to 250 receiving yards. Uh, I think he had four touchdowns. I mean, he has been really, really good. And he was somebody I was really high on going into the year. I mean, this is a guy that obviously not like Odell Beckham level talent as far as guys I've seen at LSU. But he's definitely up there. I mean, he's, I, I think he's going to be a first rounder personally. So he's starting to emerge. Um, a big issue is Terrace Marshall now with a broken foot out for a couple of weeks, but the way the schedule sets up, you have a bye week, then Utah State, they'll give you two weeks to heal, and you go into Florida. Um, even with, without him, I think they're fine, but once again, the offense just is looking dynamic, and the run game even looked better, and they were able to mix in Davis Price and Emory, who I like a lot, and so I think they'll come into the fold as the season comes along, as they start to get better in, in pass pro and start to learn the playbook a little more, and Edwards and Lair still looking solid. So the offense, to me, isn't an issue at all. It looks like they can score on anybody. And if you look at the recipe for what can work against, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about Florida. I'm not worried about Auburn. I'm really worried about Alabama because I think that's the one team in LSU's way, in my opinion, or the one team at least they'll be underdogs going into the game. And uh, what's, what's, what's always – not worked for LSU is what they've always done is line up eye formation and punch in the teeth. That's Alabama's game. Like that, that feeds right into what they're doing. So this offense um, with Joe Brady and Joe Burrow, it, it looks like they can really give Bama some trouble. Now, once again, I'm not going to jump the gun and say LSU's going to win the game. Uh, I'm not just not going to do that. But you know, I think I think the Tigers are starting to look really, really good. A big issue for the team, and I think a lot of people are panicking on, is the defense. And I've, I've said this over and over again, when you have a team that scores a lot of points like LSU is doing and playing tempo and scoring quickly, I mean, your defense is going to suffer because now they're on the field more often. You're not winning the time of possession. And it's a give and take. So as an LSU fan, and I get people aren't, they're never satisfied. But you're not going to win games 70 to nothing. That's just not going to happen, especially in the SEC when you play better teams. And just remember, two of those touchdowns were uh, defensive touchdowns for Vanderbilt. So essentially, the defense only gave up 24 points. But still, they, they didn't look great. But there are things to remember. Once again, like we said, if you're playing tempo, right, that defense is on the field more often. It's just the way it's going to be. And also, injuries. Injuries don't help. Todd Harris out. He was a leader on that defense in the back end. You know, Rashard Lawrence is out. He's your best defensive lineman, Glenn Logan. So they're playing a lot of guys uh, on, your, on your second teamers. But one thing I look at with LSU, 
And we talk about the defensive backs often, right? Like that's LSU's calling card. But I, I think the, although the defensive backs have been great, my thing is I always thought they weren't DBU. I thought they were DLU, Defensive Line University. And that is what they hung their hat on for so long. When you look at those great teams, their defensive lines were amazing. And that's where they're not sufficient at right now. I think they struggle along the defensive line. But I think a lot of people struggle along the defensive line. I don't know if you know, there or the country is producing as much defensive linemen as they used to. I'm not sure, but you don't see many great defensive lines. I, I look at you know Auburn as a great defensive line. You know they look great. They control the line of scrimmage, but you, but you're kind of hard pressed at times to find other teams that are doing that. So that's where LSU's lacking is that defensive line and the depth, and you know they just don't have that, and that's the issue right now. So you're gonna get into dogfights. You know, like when you play Alabama, for instance, Bama's gonna put points up. Just get used to it, okay? I know it's jarring that the defense is giving up points. I get that. But that's the new game. That's what football is now. Football is built around, you know, they want to make the game safer. Therefore, it's going to become more offensive. Just accept it, right? People have been barking for years. Why aren't we scoring points? Why does the offense look terrible? Look, you can't have either or, okay? The offense looks great. But I'm telling you right now, you have a guy, a defensive coordinator in Dave Aranda, who's the best in the country. Trust in it. Trust this process. The Tigers are going to get better, and they're going to get healthier. That's the most important thing. They're going to get healthier with Logan and Lawrence. So that's, to me, I'm not worried about it. I know the vanity got nicked up a little bit, but he'll be fine. He'll come back. And so I feel like, once again, like I've said, your defense doesn't have to be great. Defenses aren't going to win championships anymore, but your defense has to be good enough. And with the playmakers that LSU has in the back end and that linebacker and, and a couple of long defensive line, not, I've kind of poo-pooed it a little bit, but they have players there. I think they can just get in the way of teams enough. Okay, They'll score points and they'll get in the way of teams to where they'll be efficient enough to compete at a very high level like they are now. So not panicking about it. Love the offense. Defense will get better. And I'm very, very optimistic going forward with the LSU Tigers. My two rights for the weekend. Let's start off with Washington and Jacob Eason. This is a guy I was super, super high on, but that the country really wasn't. And maybe it's because he transferred and people haven't heard or seen from him in a while. But I loved him at Georgia. And I truly believe had he stayed healthy at Georgia the year he got hurt and Jake Fromm took over as a freshman, I think Georgia probably would have beaten Alabama because they would have, would have been able to stretch the field more with Eason instead of Fromm. That being said, he has everything you're looking for as a quarterback. 6'6", uh, 240, great arm. Dad was a, a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he looks really good. And so where I was right was he looked a little shaky two weeks ago against Cal, and they lost. And I was a little upset, a little down on him. But once again, he plays BYU on the road, and he shreds him. 24 for 28, throws for 290 and three touchdowns. Looks really, really good. And with him at the helm and Chris Peterson at the helm, I think they're the Pac-12 champs eventually. Um, so I'm, I'm right about Easton, and, and I'm a big fan. And, and look for him to be a big pick in this year's draft. I'm telling you, I like him a lot. I know people love Herbert, but I think Easton's better. And just keep an eye out on him. My second ride of the weekend, um, 
Ohio State, once again, 76-5. to they, they crush Miami, Ohio. And I know they're not playing great teams per se, but they're doing what they have to. And they just make it look so easy. And, and like I said last week, when I, I, I kind of compared Michigan and Ohio State, Michigan we'll talk about in a little bit, they just look so athletic. I mean, this is the most athletic team in the Big Ten and in the country. I mean, Justin Fields, obviously he's really, really good. But it just seems when you watch these highlights, these receivers are open by 10 yards. I mean, their running lanes are humongous. They're just really, really good. And, and one of the questions going into the year was, how do you replace Urban Meyer, legendary coach? Ryan Day steps in and it's seamless. I mean, they are rolling. And I think they'll win the Big Ten. But the big issue with Ohio State, which has been, when you look maybe even the past three years, even when you go back to that Ezekiel Elliott team, is they always lose a game that they're not supposed to. And in the past few years, not only do they lose a game, they get blown out of the water when they lose to Purdue and they lose to Iowa. So their big thing is don't get complacent and lose teams you're not supposed to. Like, for instance, this week in prime time a game against Nebraska, you can't let up in that one. You're better than Nebraska. You have to keep your head on the swivel and beat them. And if they just stay focused the whole year, I mean, they'll be in the CFP, no doubt, because I really, really like Ohio State. So I'm going to the weekend. I have a couple. So let's start off with Michigan. I was always a big Jim Harbaugh defender, but I'm starting to jump off the bandwagon here. And let me talk about it. So Jim Harbaugh, his track record I loved. He won at San Diego, which is like a D2 school. He turned, he absolutely turned the program around at Stanford. I mean, Stanford was one of the worst programs in the country. He turns them around, and they're, they're within going to like BCS games. Then he goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Garbage organization. All of a sudden, he turns them around, goes to a Super Bowl, was a really good coach, and then he gets a job at Michigan. So now you're thinking, Michigan's got it. Michigan's going to turn this thing around. And in year one, he did. I mean, it looked completely different. In year two, he was a bad spot away from beating Ohio State. I mean, things were trending upwards. He was looking great. But what's happening is, and this is changing rapidly, and this is a topic I always talk about, is that the game is changing. It's changing quickly. It is not this ground-and-pound game anymore. It's not. You have to spread it out. And I think they're trying to do that, but they're just stuck in between. Like, what are they? When you watch them offensively, they, they have no identity. I think Shea Patterson, who was a guy I was high on, he was a super uh, highly rated prospect coming out of high school, but he has looked bad. And you just don't, I mean, they have playmakers at receiver, but they're not getting it done. And one thing I'll say is I believe Michigan is falling into the Nebraska category. And let's talk about this. Nebraska, I mean, 30 years ago, was one of the best programs in the country. But what happens is this, is that when regional television took over now, I mean, everybody's on TV, right? Every game, I mean, they have 40 games on TV. And so it used to be there was only three, maybe four games on. And so the big dogs would get on. So if you were in Nebraska, if you were Michigan, Notre Dame, you always were on TV. So if I lived in Florida and I wanted to be prime time, I had to go to one of these schools, and I would always see them on TV on the weekends because we didn't have any options. But now, everything is getting televised. So if I'm from Texas, if I'm from Southern California, Louisiana, Miami, why do I have to go to middle of nowhere Nebraska, isolated Indiana and in Notre Dame, cold weather Michigan, if I could just go to, I don't know, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M, Texas, you don't have to, to go to these places. So what's happened is 
and this is this is maybe the bad thing as far as a national perspective with college football is become very regional because when you look at it the southeast region is the the richest in talent and so it's always those are the teams that are always winning when you look at clemson alabama lsu auburn these teams are always competing and you're not seeing it from these northern teams and the reason is you have to have players in your state if you don't you'll die or the only way to to, to beat that is to have an, a phenomenal coach. When I look at Ohio State, Ohio State does have players in Ohio, not as much as in the South, but they have a phenomenal coach in Urban Meyer, and that's what got them over the hump. Nebraska doesn't have any players in their state. Zero. Maybe you'll get one a year, one Division One player a year. You know, Michigan's the same thing. When you get five to ten, you ha- so they're having to rely on going to Florida and Texas and are they going to fall into that category where they become delusional and think that they're supposed to win all the time, but they're really not, and times are going to pass them? I'm starting to think that could be the issue with them, but we'll kind of wait and see. Another wrong I was on was uh, Florida. About a week ago when they, they lost uh, Felipe Franks against Kentucky, I was like, that was a death sentence for them, right? But the reality is, Franks really isn't that great of a quarterback. And the kid that took his place, Kyle Trask, has looked really, really good. He's efficient. He's spreading the ball around. He knows who he is. And so they've looked better, actually. Now, I still don't think they're a great team. Um, but I do think they're, they're, they might be actually a little better with Kyle Trask. And they're not really going to fall, fall apart like I thought they would. So I was wrong on that. Then my last one was was UCF, and the reason I was wrong on them is because I had them in my top 10 last week, but this is a topic I've talked about with friends in the past when they want to argue the Boise State thing, um, and even like TCU when they weren't in the Big 12, because those teams were always competing um, to try to get a national championship, but the issue with that is you're, when you're playing in a weaker conference, it's so much easier. Let me give you for instance, this is why UCF has been playing in, in a weaker conference, but they just played Stanford and Pitt. Those are two Power 5 teams. And albeit, those aren't even very good. Actually, they're not even good Power 5 teams. Stanford's not that good anymore. Pitt, I mean, they're probably like a 6-6 six and six team, 7-5 and five at best. Now, they played those teams back-to-back. And they dropped, them. they dropped the game against Pitt. That was a close game. But that's what I'm talking about. That's why I've never been high on these little mid-major schools. Is because, yes, you can win a game, um, an isolated game in a bowl game. Like if UCF plays Auburn and Auburn's not up to play them, or if they play the first game of the year where they have all this time to prepare and they'll play an SEC school and beat them, or if they're playing middle of the season and they've been playing junk teams and now they have time to heal up and prepare. Whereas if you're LSU, for instance, you're going to get Florida, but you're not going to get a break out of that. You're going to get Florida, then you're going to get Auburn, then you're going to get you know Bama, then you're going to get, you know, even a team like an Arkansas, who is a garbage SEC team, they have SEC bodies that'll beat you up a little bit. Whereas when you're a UCF, you're playing like Tulane, and then you're playing another team who's not very good, you're not going to get beat up physically. You're just so much better than they are. And so that's, that's the issue with these little teams. That's why when they want to pump their chest out and say they can compete for a national championship, maybe when it was the BCS and they can compete in one game, you give them a shot. Now you got to win two back-to-back. That's not going to happen. 
And this shows that this weekend when they play Stanford, crush Stanford, but then they lose to an average pit team. So we're all on UCF. Winners of the weekend. Let's start from the Pac-12. Pac-12 is one of my winners because they've been the most maligned conference in the Power Five. So in the Power Five, I would say you go SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and then ACC and Pac-12 are kind of tit for tat. They're both garbage. But the Pac-12 is starting to look pretty good. And at the beginning of the year, they didn't with that Oregon loss and a couple other teams lost, and they didn't look sharp. But let's go over some of the teams that are looking really good. I mean, you got Cal who beats Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss isn't very good, but Cal, I think they broke into the top 20. Colorado beats Arizona State. It's a good win. They also beat Nebraska early in the year. Um, UCLA has a big comeback win against Washington State. So you, knew, you already know Washington State's a, a pretty good team. But UCLA, they're going to start to make a little comeback with Chip Kelly. He's a good coach. He's not the worst coach in the world. And they'll win some games. And then you have USC beats Utah. Like I said, Utah, you already know Utah's a solid team. Now USC winning a couple games, you know, they look formidable. Then Oregon coming back in the shade. They beat Stanford. Herbert's still looking pretty good. And also Washington beating BYU, crushing them. So now they look formidable. Now, are they going to get a team in the, the playoff? No, they're not. But it doesn't look as crappy of a conference like it did before. So for me, with those wins from those teams, I mean, they're winners of the weekend. Now, another winner I have is Notre Dame. And you're probably thinking, well, they lost to Georgia. But, man, if you watch that game, the stigma with Notre Dame from all the meathead people in the South is, well, they can't compete you know, in, against these SEC teams. Well, they competed against Georgia. I mean, they were there. And they competed physically. And that was, that was very, very impressive. I think Brian Kelly's the most underrated coach in the country. I mean, this dude is a really good coach. I mean, do you realize how hard it is to win at Notre Dame? Academic restrictions in Indiana in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to get players there. It's just hard to get players there if there weren't even academic restrictions. So they looked really, really good. And don't write them off. I mean, let's say they go 11-1. and one. I mean, are they going to get in? I don't know. But, man, I, I, liked, I liked what I saw from them, and I really trusted Brian Kelly, and I think he's a great coach. And then my last one, my biggest winner is Wisconsin. Wisconsin absolutely crushes Michigan. And we talked about Michigan earlier. I'm, I'm very, very down on them. But Wisconsin did what they had to do at home, and I think it was like 35 to nothing at one point. Um, Wisconsin is just a very, very solid program, and you know, they've always had solid coaching, which is what you need, which is what we touched based on a while ago, is that if you live in these cold-weather states, Wisconsin's probably producing four to five guys a year out of their state, D1 prospects. You've got to be good at, you know, at head coach, and they are, and they're good at defensive coordinator and, and a former NFL guy, Jim Leonard. And Jonathan Taylor is an absolute stud at running back, just like every Wisconsin running back is. So, I mean, they absolutely crushed Michigan. They're a top-10 team, and they're going to compete. I think it's them and Ohio State to compete for the Big Ten Championship. So, Wisconsin is a big winner for me. So, my losers for the weekend. Let's start off with Texas A&M. So, Texas A&M loses to Auburn at home. You know, I thought they were going to win. They were the three, three-and-a-half-point favorite, and now I really liked A&M because I'm not a big Auburn guy. And I think when you look at some of these games, I think it's not always a team that wins that tells you more is the team that loses. Auburn isn't very good. Now, they're good up front defensively, right? But they have quarterback issues. Auburn is not a team that is going to stay there where they're at right now in the top 10. Bo Nix cannot carry them. He, he's not good enough yet. He's too young. A&M had a lot of hype coming into the year, and they're starting to fall flat on their face. Now, I'll give you the Clemson game. Clemson is the number one team in the country, right? But you're better than Auburn. And at your own place, and you, you pretty much, it was never close. 
I mean, that's bad. And one thing I think Jimbo Fisher has been so overhyped. He had that one year with Jameis where they lit it up and they won a national championship. Now he went to the college football player of the second year, but what has he been without Jameis Winston? Think about it. What have they been? They've, they were never competing for the playoff at uh, Florida State. They weren't. I think a lot of it is just this hype with Jimbo Fisher. Now, I think he's a good coach, but he's not where people think he is, where he's this top five guy and they're just going to compete right away. I think people are going to become very, very disappointed in what Texas A&M has to offer. They're not going to be one of these upper echelon teams like Alabama. He's not Nick Saban. So everybody thinks just because you coach with Nick Saban and you had a cup of coffee with him that all of a sudden you're Nick Saban. That's not the case. I think they're going to struggle. I think they'll win. They're like 8-14. and 14. But as far as struggling in the future, this is not a team that's going to be a national contender perennially. I think people are going to be very, very disappointed. Let's touch base on another loser. Uh, <laughs> once again, I'm going to... I had them as winners last weekend, but now they're losers, and it's a funny thing. Is at USC now. Once again, USC wins. They beat Utah, um, but USC still is not a very good program. Uh, this is not what USC wants. If I'm a USC person, I just you gotta swallow it and like let's have a bad year and let's get this guy out of town. Helton's not your coach. Urban Meyer could very well be your next coach. If Urban Meyer's next coach at USC, USC. Year two will probably be in a playoff because what is your opposition? Washington, maybe that's it in the Pac-12. Maybe Oregon, but that's not even in your own division. Okay, You have a clear path. Your only recruiting base in the West is Southern California. You own it. And they're not winning at a high level right now. How is USC not winning every single year at a high level? That's just, I don't even, I can't even fathom that. So you have to hope for an average season from USC so you can get them out of town and get a big-time coach. And finally, a big loser for me is Washington State. Their quarterback threw for nine touchdowns, and they lost the game. I think they were up by like 30 points against UCLA. But Mike Leach is very, very stubborn. He doesn't want to just kind of sit on the ball, burn the clock. It's just this continuous, like, you know, run and gun. And they were at your own place. Things were looking good. UCLA is not a very good team, and you completely blew that game. Man, that, that, that's got a sting if you're a Washington State fan, especially with that Utah game coming up. That would have been a really, really hyped-up, anticipated matchup. But Washington's a big loser of the weekend because they completely blew that game. Our top 10. Start off with number 10 at Florida. I, I think Florida's a good team. Now, the problem I have with a top 10 is I think that I like nine teams. And now the 10th team, I'm putting Florida here. But I, I struggle to find that 10th team. Now I put Florida there because I do think they have guys that can play on defense. I think Trask has looked better. Uh, I don't love Florida. I think they're going to lose some games here. Um, but for now, I have them 10 because it's really hard to find another team. Uh, number nine, I have Texas. I really, really like Texas. And this is going to be a huge, huge win for LSU. And you, if you're an LSU fan, you want to keep rooting for Texas and hope they win games and they will and once again they beat Oklahoma State this weekend you know I think by 13 um, didn't look the greatest but they did what they had to do and the Big 12 is not very good so they'll continue to win games when they get to that Oklahoma game that'll be the big question mark and I can't wait to watch that one but for now I have them at nine at eight Wisconsin Wisconsin you know crushes South Florida early in the year and they just crushed Michigan and they're just a solid team like you know what to get from Wisconsin right 
sometimes there's teams that are like, they have a lot of talent, but you don't know what you're getting from week in and week out. But you know Wisconsin, and you know who they are. They're really good. They're physical. They're going to run the ball down your throat. They're going to be great defensively. Um, and so just if they don't slip up against like an Iowa or Nebraska, you're, you could be looking at an undefeated team going into that Big Ten championship against Ohio State. Then I have Notre Dame at seven. Even though they lost, I mean, they looked really, really good. I mean, Georgia, that, that's a really good team. And they played in a hostile environment, night game in Georgia. But they looked good. I mean, they were there. They only lose by six. And they, they, they were there in the first half. I think they were up 10-7 at the half. And they weren't dominated physically like everybody predicted. I think that was the most impressive thing to me. Because you know what a Brian Kelly offense, that the quarterback is going to be efficient, Ian Book is, and they're going to be able to score some points here and there. But the, the big question mark was in the trenches. Will they just get blown out, blown off the trenches? And they didn't. And uh, so I liked them a lot. Now, Oklahoma is my sixth team. I, I don't think we've seen Oklahoma play a lot of good teams. And um, soon they'll play Texas. But once again, they got Tech this weekend, Texas Tech. Um, they'll blow them out the water. Lincoln Riley, I'm just a huge fan. And, and Hurts is, is still balling. And it's going to be crazy, huh? Like, think about it. Jalen Hurts and Tua are going to be there for the Heisman. And they're going to be like one and two. What a storyline that's going to be. So for now, I have Oklahoma at six. And five, I have Ohio State. And, and like I say every week, I mean, five and six, that, that can go either way. But I like what Ohio, I like Ohio State's athletes um, better than Oklahoma. And they're crushing teams. And I don't think they're playing anybody, really. And, and they'll get a little test this weekend against Nebraska in Nebraska. I think that'll probably be the, that's one of the biggest games uh, Nebraska's had in a long time. And they'll be hyped up for that one. Um, so they kind of have to weather that storm. But, but Fields is looking good. Ryan Day is a seamless transition from Urban Meyer. So I got Ohio State at five. At four, Georgia. Georgia has a big win against Notre Dame. I'm not as high on Georgia as a lot of people, but I do think Kirby Smart, and, and they do have players. Um, and when you look at their schedule, I mean, like, who are they going to lose to now? Right? I mean, really look at it. Like, I don't, I don't think they lose to Florida. Um, I don't think they lose to Missouri. They're going to win the rest of their game. That's why I have them at four. Um, I'm not a big Jake Fromm guy. I think he's a good, good quarterback. But, like, when you look in the past, he's a, I think he's a better version of Aaron Murray. I don't think he's a superstar. Um, so, I, like I said, they'll probably win out. Just I don't think their schedule is very tough until they get to either Bama or LSU in the SEC championship. And number three, I got the LSU Tigers. And what more can you say? We touch base on them every week. They're great offensively. Now they have question marks on the defense, but don't worry. Dave Aranda is going to rally the troops, and when it's, time, when it's crunch time and it's time to make stops, I trust Dave Aranda, and I trust the playmakers they have. So LSU at three, and then you already know, Bama two, Clemson one. Um, they're just doing what they have to do. Clemson, man, oh, that ACC is so bad. So they play North Carolina this weekend, right? And you're thinking, man, well, it might be a decent game, right? Because North Carolina started the season pretty well. But then North Carolina loses to Wake Forest. Okay, I'll give you that. It's a conference conference game. But then they lost to Appalachian State at home. I mean, geez, the, the ACC is such a joke. I mean, you honestly have to really, really deep dive to find out who can even give them a game. They're not even going to be under a 20-point favorite in any of these games. I mean, they're going to just steamroll everybody. It's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing conference. Even, in the, even when they get to the conference championship, I mean, who are they going to play that's even going to compete with them? Nobody. It, it, it's, it's embarrassing if you're the ACC, but Clemson's going to take advantage of it because they don't, they don't have anybody in their way. And Alabama, for me, I think the only team in their way is going to be LSU. Now, I know Auburn end of the year could give them a little trouble, but I, I doubt that because I'm not a big Auburn fan. 
So really, it comes down to one game for Alabama, and that's going to be LSU. And then obviously SEC championship. Um, so there's your your top five, top ten of the week. So my one big topic of the weekend is going to be if you're an LSU fan, who to root for and who to root against. So let's start off like who to root for, right? In my opinion, you need to root heavily for Texas. So let's put let's put a hypothetical situation here. If you are LSU, and let's say you lose a game, right? So you lose to Alabama, and you, you, that resume needs to look sharp going into that final weekend. Let's say Texas wins out, which is very, very plausible. I mean, like, they can beat Oklahoma. So they beat Oklahoma in the uh, Red River rivalry, and they beat them in the Big 12 championship. That's going to be a team that's going to compete, like, for a top-four spot in the, the playoff. Texas would. How good of a win does that look, especially at their place? So you want Texas to keep winning. It makes you look so good. That would be the best non-conference win of the year for anybody when you look at it. And it's going to be, in my opinion, because Texas is a really good team. So you want to root for Texas. You want to root for them hard. And I, th- I think you want to root for Bama hard. You want Bama to be undefeated going into that game in Tuscaloosa. It's just going to make you look better. Not only you really don't have to root for them. They probably will be undefeated. So that's another thing. You want to root for an undefeated Bama going into that game. You know, then obviously you don't want Florida to slip up when you go into you know, play them. Um, but the big thing is, who do you root against? And I know a lot of people are probably watching Notre Dame and Georgia this weekend, and everybody tries to pump their chest, the SEC, the SEC. But if you really deep dive into it, you want Georgia to lose. So you should have been rooting for Notre Dame. So anytime you see Georgia on the tube, root hard against them now root hard it doesn't matter if you're rooting against them it's not going to make a difference in the outcome of the game but just hypothetically you would want them to lose and here's why i'll be realistic i don't think lsu is going to beat alabama and i'm just going to continue saying that because i don't want to get my hopes up but if if lsu loses a tight one to bama bama is going to play georgia in the sec championship and let's say let's say george let's say bama wins right you then would have two one-loss SEC teams. So let's put it into place. There's four teams that get in. Well, Clemson's going to get in. Bama's going to get in. Then you're going to have Georgia, LSU, and let's say uh, Ohio State gets in. So now you've got one spot left for two SEC teams with one loss. So now it becomes tough, and that's why you root for Texas because you want Texas to be you know, a team that can possibly get in, and it makes you look good. So then what happens, right? What separates Georgia and LSU? You know the Georgia fans are going to say, well, we made it to the SEC championship. We won our division. You didn't. And it's going to be a tough pick for that, that CFP. You don't think they're going to put three teams in there because this, this is a television product. They don't want every team in the playoff from the South. You want ratings. So you want Georgia to lose a game. You do. You don't want Georgia to win the SEC championship if you would lose to Bama. You want Georgia to slip up, lose a game, and then lose to Bama to where they're completely out of the conversation, to where there's just no argument if you're LSU wanting to get in. Obviously, if LSU wins out, yeah, I mean, they're in the championship. But you want Georgia to fall off. You want them to lose a game to Florida, to Missouri. You want them to slip up somewhere to where if you do get into that circumstance, you know, you leave no doubts. But, you know, if you're LSU, you hope to win all your games, which would be awesome, right? But until I see Nick Saban leave, I'm not going to think that the Tigers are going to beat Alabama. But just going forward, just just keep an eye on Georgia and uh, keep rooting hard against them.